So I've been really looking forward to this episode, Tom, because um, it's finally something that I maybe am better at implementing than you are, even though you might know more than me. But it's something that, I mean, from our experience with each other, I kind of know that you're not as good at time management as I am. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that, that bit, that's fair. Bit mean, sorry. No, that's <laughs> fair, that's fair. The question is, how do you manage your time, isn't it? I like to think that I'm good at time management when I need to be. Um, but often it's the bit, the other part of my whole work life and personal life that falls down the most often. I'm very badly organised in general. Is that the sort of time management where you leave everything to the last minute and then it gets done? Yeah, sometimes you know, the motivation of a deadline is what gets things done sometimes. Uh, it's a useful crutch. I've, part of me thinks that maybe that's just, you know, that's just the natural order of things. You get more done in the run-up to it needing to be done. I like to optimize and I like to think that the things that I ignore like aren't important. If they're important, they'll be a deadline and there'll be <laughs> uh, someone forcing me to do it. And if not, I can let it slide. You've said on the show notes here that Ed is absolutely equal to good um, at time management. But I don't think that's true. But obviously, I have to, as anyone in my position who's trying to change career, I've got to, I've got to manage my time because otherwise I wouldn't have any time to, to get any good at coding. And it shows it shows that you've uh, stepped up your organizational game, I think. Because um, I've come uh, to stay with you a couple of times and I've been very impressed by the schedule that you keep. Um, I'm often mystified by people who get an awful lot done, particularly when they have a full-time job and then do other stuff on the side as well. It's something I've never really been able to do. I can focus on one thing at a time, but never have like two, never, never live a multi-threaded life. It's very difficult. Um, and you seem to have that quite well mastered, I think. Yeah, I've got everything going async. It's great. I've got multiple things going on at the same time. And a lot of this has actually, um, I'm going to podcast drop now, but I listen to a lot of Cortex and I find that a lot of what they say on there uh, is quite helpful. Like when one of the hosts, CGP Grey, he talks about when the dishwasher's on, he has to be having other work going on at the same time because it feels like he's doing twice as much work. That really uh, chimes with me (laughs) and is something that I... uh, yeah, but you, I've got to have that much going on because otherwise I would have no time. If I did everything one after the other like that, I, I wouldn't have any time to come home and do a couple of hours coding because I'd have uh, other stuff to do. Luckily, I've got a very understanding partner. And speaking of Cortex, uh, another reason that I want to talk about this now is that we're at the start of a new year and it's a time when you kind of assess and replan. And Cortex has introduced me to the idea of having yearly themes um, and my theme for this year, the, the, the kind of the light by which I will be guiding my travels through 2019, will be I, I want this to be the year of shipping. I want to actually ship stuff, actually have tangible results for the things I tinker with. So rather than just, I mean, my instinct is to start something and then perfect it and take the long, slow course to getting it done. Um, and that I don't think is yielding particularly good results over the last couple of years. So I'm going to change my habits. So do you find you get when you start on something you get a lot done to begin with and then you slow down gradually? No, I I get a lot of thinking done to start with. I do a lot of planning and I do a lot of like, oh, I can do this and then I imagine what my life will be like when this new thing that I'm trying is my now career. Um, <laughs> it happens with everything, whether it's like uh, I'll wake up one morning and be uh, convinced that no, yeah, yeah, now is a good time to draw a graphic novel and become an author in that regard or to actually become an author and write an actual book with words. Um, and in each scenario, I imagine that that for for about ten minutes, I think, oh yeah, this is my new life now. This is my career, and then 
I plan all plan loads of stuff out and then never actually start. That's the biggest biggest hurdle is starting. I get more productive once I've got a bit of sort of built up ahead of steam. Okay, good. Because I was getting a little bit worried then that you might um, halfway through this podcast you might just wander off and start another project. <laughs> it's, it's a distinct <laughs> possibility. Are we, as as the, can the listeners be safe in the knowledge that you're going to stick around for a bit because you've started now? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think yeah. What this is episode four, so we've got we've got a bit of a bit of a launch now we've, we've got some momentum going i think we can keep this up um and this is a perfect example of one of those things that i probably would not have released on my own i mean i did a podcast with a friend back in 2006 and ever since then i've been like every year i'm like oh this is the year i do a podcast and it just hasn't it hasn't happened and now what are we uh 12 years later to nearly 13 years later <laughs> starting starting my second podcast well, at least at least it's happening now. You know, yeah, that's yeah. good, and that ties in. It's the year of shipping. This is getting. This is one instance of getting things done and getting them out the door. Talking of um, time management, Toggle just popped up on my browser and told me I was uh, idle apparently because I hadn't done anything. What, what's Toggle? Toggle is a time tracker, um, and at the moment it's on podcasting. So at the top of my screen, we can see that we've been podcasting for so many minutes, and I don't really use it much. I mean, I don't track everything in my life. But I just the two things I track are how much time I spend podcasting and how much time I spend learning to code, because then I can just look back at it and sometimes I forget how much time I've been doing something. So I'll have been coding for a bit, but I won't know how much it is, how much time I've actually been doing that. So it's good to look at. Oh, I actually did two hours yesterday when it didn't feel like that long. So it's good to see that I'm making time, and then I can see the days where I don't do as much, and that's helpful for thinking about right. How can I plan my time better to make sure that I'm on these days I'm making sure I can do little bit by bit and that makes me think of making sure that you're doing a bit every day is something that kind of harks back to my music education because I always say this to when students are learning an instrument it's better to do 10 minutes every day than save it all up for an hour at the end of the week and obviously with coding 10 minutes you're not going to get anything done it's not quite the same but I think like an hour every day would be better than spending seven hours in one big Saturday doing stuff I don't know I'm I'm testing that out. Yeah, I'm I I'm not sure which side of that I come down on. I well, there's there's a sense of momentum and muscle memory of doing things regularly and it's discipline. So it's easier to keep a habit and to form a habit if you're doing it every day. But yeah, particularly with coding, I find sometimes it takes me an hour to just sort of get up to speed and to remember where I was in the project and then I'm not productive until I've been doing it for at least sort of two maybe three hours and then we'll have like a burst of like a couple of hours of super productive stuff where either I learn something new or I master something or I just get a load of stuff done I prefer my sort of side project coding to be big blocks of time I find the little chunks on a regular basis don't get me the results I'm after that's a good point but then have you have you heard of 100 days of code uh, only tangentially through having seen you tweet about it. I don't really know what it is. So 100 Days of Code is this program where you meant to do, for 100 days in a row, you do an hour of, or it originally started as doing an, an hour of making a script in Python. This is where I heard about it every day. But eventually it's kind of, it's now got a wider community and it's more of you do an hour of something that's helping you improve your coding uh, skills every day for 100 days in a row and then you tweet about it and then you get people going oh you can do it <laughs> and things like that or don't worry it's okay to take a day off which it is I mean it's not it's not a serious thing but it's just to help it's to get you in that habit and you may have lots of time to um, or pe- some people may have lots of time to spend loads of hours in a row but I guess 
career changers like me um we don't have those massive blocks especially when we still want to have some sort of resemblance of a social life or anything like that we we have to take take our time when we've got it this is probably a good point in proceedings to sort of touch on why we've picked this as a topic for a podcast that's ostensibly about coding this is a tangential topic really it's not about the specifics of a language or a technique for actually writing code it's more about giving yourself the space to code i guess and that's really important isn't it because i mean this is a good one to have at the beginning i think because if if you can sort your time management out then you're going to have you're going to be able to make so much more progress because you're going to have more time to be able to get on with learning to code and it could apply to anything really i mean anyone can listen to this episode even if you're not learning to code yeah i think that's good it's yeah a good uh guide to steer the steer the episode um and because I've had like the one period of decent productivity I've had was when I was determined to leave my job and start my coding career, um, or leave my old job and start a coding career. I had a few techniques that worked really well then, um, and I've since struggled to sort of recapture that sense of urgency. I think. Well, why 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 do you think you've lost that? Well, part of it is the pressure's off. Uh, mission accomplished. I got I. I did manage to establish a career for myself and now I'm doing coding which is the thing one of the things I love I'm doing that every day Monday to Friday um and it's a mentally taxing thing and it's you get home at the end of the day and it you've you're uh, mentally exhausted if not physically exhausted um and I often find well I've had jobs where I've had long commutes and things as well particularly um so I've been coming home and I've not had any interest in sitting in front of a computer I want to sit by the fire or read a book or talk to my partner do things like that um so the pressure is off i think that's the biggest impetus in sort of not being productive anymore um and it means i've had all these side project ideas that i quite like and i will tinker around with here and there if i can get three hours on a saturday to to do something or an evening by myself where i can just lock myself in the the office with the computer um but yeah i never don't feel like i've achieved as much outside of work in the last sort of three or four years as i did in the the period beforehand but I think I I completely agree with you because when I as soon as I get my job and well after the first maybe year or so I am definitely going to quieten down the amount of work I'm doing I'm not doing all this extra work on top of my current job to then have to still work loads and every evening I am looking eventually to have a bit more time in the evenings um, but then like you say it's good to have a goal yeah like you say I'll be in my job during the day I'll be doing what I love hopefully Um and then I won't, I guess, like you say, the pressure is off. I won't need that extra grab. I won't need that extra something. Uh, so talk me talk me through the amount of work that you're actually doing now then. So you, what's your schedule of an evening like? Because it seems, from visiting you, it seems like it's quite regimented, that you actually have quite a, a structure to your evenings. Um, oh, hold on. I've got something on the fridge. I'm just going to grab. What was in the fridge? <laughs> Not in the fridge, on the fridge with a magnet oh okay <laughs> um it was a rough timetable of mine and jess's week it, i know when you come up it probably seems quite regimented but it ends up not being i mean we've got a rough plan so it's like um someone makes dinner six to seven we have a bit of time to relax seven to eight and then eight to ten is work or if we're not feeling like it a cup of tea and some tv yeah. um but generally that doesn't happen we kind of i don't know i think an important yeah, an important factor in this is probably the fact that you're, the person you're living with is also in a kind of crunch, uh, high pressure, has to learn lots of stuff, has to do lots of work at home situation. 
Yeah, and I guess we're we're lucky in that respect that we don't have to feel too guilty um, when we're working that, that we know the other person is in a similar situation. Yeah, that's because when I sneak away to to do coding stuff, it really is sneaking away because I'm ignoring someone otherwise, um, and <laughs> yeah, I'm neglecting other. Th- I, I could be taking out the bins or doing the ironing. <laughs> will be much more useful well after this episode tom you'll have enough time in your life to take out the bins and do a podcast and do some coding so <laughs> i mean that's the that's the uh, end goal here isn't it yeah well that's the goal so talk so talk me through your strategy then because you've been successfully you well, the evidence is that you now can code and a year ago you couldn't um how have you got to this point so tell me about the things you've been using the entire systems you've been using for the entire time uh yeah it's scheduling and making a structure so that you don't have to think too much about what's going to happen next. And this is stuff that's happened in the last few months, actually. Um, so I've got a bad memory. So I have to write everything down in order to remember it. Um, so we write on the fridge who's who's cooking what, etc. So that when we come in, we know that that evening we don't have to feel guilty about not doing it. It's someone else's job. So then I can come in, do some coding, and then have dinner, do a bit more, and then watch a bit of TV or something, have a read at the end of the evening we talked about why i'm learning to code on the first episode and it was that motivation of a bad day so i'd just come home and be like ah i hate everything um <laughs> not everything <laughs> i hate everything in my job uh and then i would just be like right i'm just gonna sit down at the computer now generally nowadays what we do, what i do is when i get home from work i just sit down and do a bit then whether it's half an hour 45 minutes something like that but i'm just going to reiterate structure is really important and not having to think about the little things and doing all our shopping on a sunday so we don't have to nip out and waste time going to the shops and things like that so that our evenings are for what we want to do but the best thing is as a teacher i get half terms (laughs) and that (laughs) is like you say when you said you were saying earlier about how you get six hours in a to sit in a row that is when i got i did get so much done when i could sit for five days in a row and um just get on with coding projects and things like that and that's a real luxury i think but then that's also of your own making i think you're essentially taking paid time off to do non-work related stuff or work future work related stuff it would be the equivalent of me booking a few days to take time for myself to to do a project which i have done in the past i have i have actually officially booked time off work specifically knowing that no one else is around that time and that's a good time to to really sort of learn something new or to to build a little a little fun thing that you can do in a condensed period of time yeah definitely and i mean i know it's hard for people to maybe find that time but if you can and if it's something you're serious about then yeah i think that's a good idea it's a a working holiday but towards a goal that you hopefully want in terms of to-do lists and managers and things like that i i try i keep trying to use them and i'll the first week of using them will be fantastic and then i'll just kind of just forget to use it <laughs> are we talking apps here or something technical yeah yeah so i used to doist at the moment um i used omnifocus for a while but i just can't bring myself to pay 40 pounds or whatever it is to for an app i don't know it's just <laughs> i know i i understand the technical stuff behind it and i'm sure it's definitely worth that but i don't know if that's i need that that many tools for a to-do list i just want a list of stuff I could just tick off. <laughs> I wonder as well if there's some kind of if you balk at the the prospect of of paying for something like that because 
as you're learning to code, very often the first example of how to do something in a language is a to-do list app. That's, that's the low-hanging fruit of making a standalone application is a to-do list of some some kind. Um, so a lot of people are making them. Uh, Strangely, I've in my last year and a bit, I've never actually uh, made a to-do a to-do list <laughs> program in I, any uh, form. Yeah, so. I've only ever actually finished one as part of a like an onboarding into a, a, an old job. Part of it was like build a to-do list in this new framework that you've never used before um just to kind of prove that you could do the things that you said you could do in the interview i guess um but it does come up like there's to do mvc i don't know if you've come across that that's a uh that someone's built the same to do app in all the mvc uh, sort of style frameworks that there are so you can you can do it in react or in ember or in backbone or angular and there's like the same app built in the different um different platforms which is quite a useful tool to have and they all have sort of tutorials to walk you through and code to look at and to see the same thing done in different contexts is, is really interesting but that's slightly wandering off topic i guess um to come back to, to do <laughs> to come back to to-do lists the best one i ever had was a system called the called bullet journaling which i adapted when i was um first became freelance and needed to kind of organize my days full-time um, and that is, in fact, I still have the the book here hanging on a on a hook by my by my desk, and that's a paper notebook, no. um, a grid a gridded paper notebook. And then each day you start a new list um, and write just basically write a list of the things you've got to do that day, um, and you can kind of nest them. And it's essentially I'm writing down marked down with a pen <laughs> in in this book. But the, the the thing, the specific thing about it that I took from the concept of bullet journaling is that every day you take the things you didn't do last the next day and move them over to the current day's one um so you have a rolling list every day every morning you've got a fresh list so you're looking so if you have to write the same task out five times because you've not done it for five days in a row it's a good reminder to either do it or to flag the fact that it maybe it's not important and it doesn't need to be done um i did write a blog post about it okay do you every day you roll it over do you add like a little number next to it no no, um, but one of the part of this, I mean, it's been a while since I've, I have, I'm not doing it every day at the moment. Um, it's been a while since I used it every day, but you do have kind of monthly, like the start of every month, you write a sort of a list of super objectives. And um, so you have bigger, bigger things that you want to get done and sort of arrange things by topic and set yourself monthly goals. So you, every month you check back on those um, and almost in the same process as you do on a daily level, do that on a monthly level. I found that quite useful. Um uh, yeah, uh, I did write a blog post about it years and years ago. Um, it's been one of the more popular perennial. If you look at the analytics for it, it spikes every new year. Surprise, surprise. Um, to well, the point, that's to-do to lists for you. Yeah, yeah. To the point where my, um, yeah, the most searched for, like, my most sticky topic is bullet journal for my for my blog. <laughs> the thing I'm ranked best for in analytics. So another thing I do to kind of focus my mind, and I don't know whether this is necessarily time management, but it does help me think about how I manage my time and kind of helps me to plan what I'm going to do is uh, these daily questions that I've got from a book I read recently called Triggers, um, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. Is this where you ask yourself a question at the end of each day based on you've got like different topics or something? Is that right? Yeah. So at the end of each day, I'll ask myself six questions. And then I give myself a rating out of five and then I add up all the scores so I can, I've got it on like a double page on, in a notebook and at the end of each day, well, I can quickly glance over the month and see how my scores are doing. So 
I've got six questions, so I got a score out of thirty every day. For example, this week on Tuesday I got four. Uh, on Monday I got seventeen. Tuesday was thirteen, not so good. Wednesday pretty good, twenty-two, and then Thursday nineteen. So I can I can kind of see which days are doing well. Hopefully, when I've done it a while, I'll be able to see some sort of change. But the questions are the questions do change as well. So they don't, I've changed one of the questions from um, last month to this month. Uh, so last month I had so number three be more positive that's what I've got now because uh-huh. <laughs> I was getting a bit grump, grumpy about things in December it was cope with school so um, so this one has a, more, to... has a much more positive slant on it then. yes yeah in in more ways than one because I've got the word positive written in big capitals and <laughs> on the page number four learn to code obvious number five read make sure I make time to do that at school I used to spend my lunch times um, maybe 10, 15 minutes. I just found myself ending up on YouTube. And thanks to Apple's screen time, um, another way of tracking me, I saw I was actually spending quite a lot of time on YouTube mindlessly when you kind of just, you think, oh, I'm just going to watch one thing and then you, you lose yourself. So you just got to catch yourself doing that. <laughs> so the combination of the, the Apple screen time monitoring and then this, is it Toggle, your time tracking Toggle, device? yeah. So both of those together, they've actually have impacted your daily routines and made you change your behaviors yeah 100% uh, so I've got it on mac os and at the top of my screen and I'll put a little screenshot in it says at the moment podcasting and then the time next to it so more useful obviously I know I'm podcasting I'm not just suddenly going to forget that we're having a conversation <laughs> but more interestingly when we're when I'm coding I like if I find myself wandering onto Twitter or something like that I can it's kind of the word is there and oh, I so you've I always got that, a visual reminder of what you're doing or what you yeah, should it's be like, doing yeah if if I'm on Twitter or something I'm like oh this is a legal time isn't it <laughs> I need to get fo- focus a bit more so I think that helps to just focus my mind a bit as well as then being able to look back and see how much yeah. time I've spent doing it. So it seems like a lot of your techniques aren't so much specifically managing your time. It's more managing your outlook and stopping you sort of keeping, well, stopping you losing focus. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of it is just how you approach things with your mind and just you've got to find something that works for you. Obviously, this wouldn't work. My techniques wouldn't work for everything. Like one to do app doesn't work for anyone really, does it? Um, you've got to make your own. <laughs> yeah, that's why there's so to, uh, many of them. Everyone wants something different. But yeah, so I think it's more about the way you approach things and the mindset that you're taking. And I've felt, I mean, this is my, I'm being more positive this month. And I have found that's helped in terms of dealing with my work. And also, like, I attended two meetups this week, which I probably wouldn't have done at the end of last year. Um, So that's something. And one of them was on JavaScript, which I'm not even doing. So, I, but I still went. <laughs> I had lots of times where I was thinking, "No, I, you know, I don't have to go. It's fine. I'm not even doing JavaScript. I don't like JavaScript." But I still went, and we got to meet up. So, there was something good came out of that. Yeah, was yeah. Good. I was I was in the city as well, and coincidentally, your event finished the same time my thing finished. So it worked out nicely. Um, happy coincidences. Exactly. So, thinking about the future, then I don't know if. I mean, it kind of everything seems to be going well at the moment in terms of my time management and the the systems and processes I've got in place to make sure that I am doing as much as I should be. And I'm especially this week, I'm feeling pretty positive about things. Well, that's one of the reasons I wanted to to pick your brains about it as well, it's because to get into the the nitty gritty of your actual system, because 
you seem to be doing you seem to be having great success at the moment of, of optimizing your time and learning things and progressing whereas i'm kind of i feel like i'm stagnating a little bit i've had a really busy 2018 work-wise um had lots of things and learned lots of new things and sort of took on new responsibilities and did lots of stuff but outside of work the things that i find i, I find my work rewarding but i also get a lot of value and satisfaction out of having productive side projects just doing things just for my own sort of to scratch my own creative itches um and i'm not been having as much success with those lately so i'm going to take some of these ideas um, i'm definitely going to start bullet journaling again um, but i'm also going to take on your concept of um the, the scheduling and have, being a little bit more disciplined and knowing that i can have guilt-free time to do things Mm. I definitely suggest if you're thinking about this sort of thing I really suggest reading Triggers I kind of read it over the Christmas period and it talks about how you kind of your environment affects you how so you've just got to turn that on its head and be like you're in charge of what you do and it's same at school you're the influence that changes the weather in the classroom so like as a teacher if you go in with a really positive mindset generally you're going to get that back from the kids whereas if you're like having a bad day and you're feeling a bit grumpy then you're more likely to get some misbehavior from them is that something they tell you when you're learning or is that uh that then turns out to be nonsense or have you found that's actually demonstrably true i've found it's actually really true because i would say i've gone vaguer with my time management and structuring and things like that but i'm finding it a lot more useful than trying to like get a calendar and plan i'm going to do this then this then this then it's more i'm it's more about going into things with thinking correctly if that makes sense mm-hmm. so it's the frame of mind yeah yeah frame of mind i'm in charge of my brain this is we're going to enjoy this <laughs> whether you like it or not <laughs> that feels like a good point to wrap things up on actually uh, yeah i think there's hopefully some people can take some use out of what we've said and can't maybe apply it to them i, I certainly will yeah <laughs> but it's not the specific things it's the it's the general thinking about it in general. And I think if, as long as you're, if you're thinking about it, and I guess if you're listening to this podcast, then you are definitely on the way to being able to make sure that you've got a bit more time in your life to do the things you want to. Well, that's all we're going to do this week. So thank you very much for listening. And don't forget to like, subscribe and do all those things. And you can also find us at aquestionofcode.com. And we've got all our episodes and things on there, as well as Apple Podcasts and Overcast or your favorite podcast player of choice any ratings you do give us do really help give the show some more visibility and can help new coders as well and that's what we're aiming to do here and we'll catch you again next week for another question of code bye bye thanks end of podcast